Why, hello, everyone. My name is J. Peter Bogosian. I'm an essayist, Lambda Literary Fellow, and founder of the Queer Armenian Library. And this is a podcast for folks who are asking themselves, what's the next queer book I'm going to read? Welcome to 7 Minutes in Book Heaven, where I interview queer authors about the new books they have coming out for us to love and to cuddle up with. And today, I'm joined by Jeff Billington to discuss his new book, Summer's Second. Hello, Jeff. Hello. Thank you very much. I appreciate the opportunity to be here. Absolutely. I've been looking forward to this conversation. So how does our podcast work? I have seven questions for Jeff, and we're going to spend the next seven minutes in this virtual studio talking about summer second, while also getting to know more about the amazing writer who is Jeff Billington. So Jeff, are you ready? I am. Okay. The timer is set. And here we go. Question number one. Please describe summer second as if you're sharing it with your celebrity crush and telling us who that special person is, of course. So I'll start with who it is. Um, Ronan Farrow is actually the one that I'm thinking of. Ooh. Yeah, right? Uh, he's attractive. He's, uh, he's the, the son of Mia Farrow and, and supposedly, uh, uh, Woody Allen. But, you know, there's a, there's a rumor out there that Frank Sinatra might actually be his dad, but we'll go with right? Woody Allen. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> And he's just this incredible journalist. He's the one that really went after Harvey Weinstein a few years ago. So he's mm-hmm. doing great things. So, and what I, I would tell him, I would, I, I would be like, coming out is difficult. And for someone growing up in a poor area, facing a lot of, of difficulties, single mother, alcoholism around, it's even more difficult. But I wanted to write a story that showed that even when you're facing these difficult things, that there are still positives to go after, that there's still a future waiting for you. And you just kind of have to take hold and, and have to build yourself up. So that's the, that's what Summer Second is about, is, you know, adversity happens, but having strength of character and being able to use what is being offered to you, uh, there, there are opportunities. And it takes place in the Ozark Mountains, where I'm from. Uh, I, I grew up there, rural area, lots of poverty. A lot of the issues I talk about are things things that I've seen in my life. And so it's just trying to tell that story. Well, Ronan, I think you're going to enjoy it. So please check it out. This is a really important book and I hope folks uh, pick up a copy. So question number two, what is a sentence from a novel, an essay, a poem or other book that every time you read it, it gives you all the feels? So there were a lot of these. There are a lot of them. So I was trying to narrow it down and um, I went with James Baldwin and I went specifically mm. with his book, Giovanni's Room. And there's a line there that says, you don't have a home until you leave it. And then when you have left it, you can never go back. Mm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and, and that resonates with me personally, because where I grew up, you know, I, I go back and visit now and it's never the same. It's not, mm-hmm. it's not the same in, you know, there's truth in that, a lot of truth in that, I think. Absolutely. It's such an amazing novel. And I guess I'm going to do a shameless plug on my own podcast, but season one, episode two, we dove into Giovanni's Room as an, a novel that saved Gary Nygaard's life. But anyway, that's a different podcast. Question <laughs> number three of this one, what do you feel is the best sentence you've ever written? Oh, this, I, I think, I think this is, this is a cruel question to ask. Um, <laughs> <laughs> and this is from another a recent book of mine called Chicken Dinner News. And it goes, and the line that I really like there is, but then the timber thinned to reveal a stirring vista of a dramatic bend in the creek, where golden rays of the dipping western sun trickled through the leaves of old growth trees, 
yielding glimmering gilt flecks on the water's surface. And that's a place for me from my childhood. I am describing some place very specific that every time I went there filled me with joy and, and happiness. And so and, and when I read that, I, vis- I completely envision that very specific place. Uh, yeah, I, just listening to that sentence, I can picture it as well. So well done. <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> All right. Question number four. What's the best romantic scene you've ever read? So I love me some Jane Austen, but I'm not going to go there. Um, <laughs> I, I'm going to go with a scene from E.M. Forster's Morris. Uh, it's his gay Ooh. love. To me, it's a gay love story. And, you know, he wrote it and then he didn't publish it for 60 mm-hmm. years because yeah. everybody told him you're going to ruin your career if you if you publish this. And so finally, in the early 70s, after he died, it actually got published. But at the end of this book, uh, Morris is he goes to the boat to say see his uh, lover, Alec, because he doesn't want him to leave to go to Argentina. But Alec's not there. And so. You know, he's distraught and he goes to this boathouse that they had once talked about meeting at. And he goes there and he finds Alec waiting for him at this boathouse. Mm-hmm. And Alec had actually sent him a message telling him that he wasn't going to leave, that he was going to go in the boathouse. But Morris never actually got that note, but he still instinctively went to that boathouse to find him. And so that's the scene there when they're reunited in the boathouse after thinking their lives were going to be diverged so much and they would never see each other again. So to me, that is one of the most romantic scenes that I've ever read. I'm right there with you. Absolutely. Okay. Question number five. What are your favorite scents or smells to write about? So they don't have to be good, right? I mean, (laughs) that's your favorite, whatever your favorites are to write about mustiness so the musty smell that that mix of dust and dampness the hints of mold Mm -hmm. whenever you whenever i i I think about that i think people can envision that they're looking at something that's old and worn down and not taken care of there's a derelict feeling about that word and so i love writing about that and baking that's my good one is the smell of baking the smell of baking bread and such because and to me it reminds me of my great grandmother and that type of thing. And I think a lot of people that smell brings them back to someplace very special and very nostalgic. So I like to write about that smell of baking as well. Both of those are so evocative. Two very different emotions too. You You go two very different places with each of those. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. Well, question number six, what is the worst writing advice you've ever got? So it's subjective. And I know that, but when I hear people say, just write, uh, it doesn't work for me. I, and you hear that a lot. You're like, oh, you just need to write. That's how you become a writer. You just write. To me, it's, it's not that. I have to think about it. I have to harness my emotions, get my mind in the right place. I have to pace out the story in my head. Even if I'm not outlining it, I'm still pacing it out in my head. Anytime that I've just done the just write and just got something out there, I've deleted it all later. Interesting. It's never been something that I've kept. So I always have to have a lot of thought into it before I actually sit down and start putting words to paper, so to speak. That is really interesting. Wow. Thank you for sharing that. Okay. Well, final question. Promote yourself. How do we order your book? How do we follow you on social? 
I'm kind of everywhere as far as where you can find it. It's on all the digital places. It's Amazon, Barnes and Noble, Apple Books. I've gotten it to some uh, independent bookstores as well. Um, I've reached out to a lot of the LGBT bookstores across the country as well as other small independent ones. Um, it's a little hit or miss there, obviously. <laughs> You know that they all have their different interests that they're going after. Um, if you go to bookshop.org, so if you have an independent bookstore that uh, has a, its online ordering through them, you can always find it there. So that's a way to support independent bookstores that might not have it on their shelves. And, of course, always go into your independent bookstore. And if they don't have it, ask for it. On Twitter, I'm at Jeff Billington. On Instagram, I'm JD Billington. And on Facebook, I'm Jeff Billington Author. Perfect. And we will be including it on our own bookshop.org store as well so that you can check out our bookshop page. And that is all the time that we have. Thank you so much, Jeff. Thank you. It's been a great opportunity. I've loved talking to you about it. Likewise. Absolutely. Likewise. Okay. Well, that's our show for today. Our podcast is executive produced by Jim Pounds, accounting and creative support provided by Gordy Erickson, our associate producers are Archie Arnold, Natalie Cruz, Jonathan Freed, Paul Caver, Nicole Olilla, Joe Perrazzo, Bill Shea, and Sean Smith. A reminder to listen to The Gailey Show. Listen live every Saturday at 2 p.m. on AM 950 or through the TuneIn app. You can also find it everywhere you stream your podcast or watch my pretty face on AM 950's YouTube channel or Facebook page. We're on social media, of course. You can find us on Facebook and Blue Sky or Instagram. As always, you can connect with us through our website, thescriptbook.com. And until our next episode, happy holidays, you queers and allies. See you in the bookstores. 